welcome back to part two of my interview with Chris George on the Men on Miscarriage podcast. Enjoy. You might have something for this, but did, did you do you feel like there was something that you, you shared a couple of things, but anything people didn't really know about you going through the experience or know know about what your experience of this was or was like? I think a lot of people didn't know because I wasn't real open to share it. Um, so I don't know what the question is like. Yeah, they didn't know because I just didn't didn't get in the conversation with them. So what, what would you say is like the biggest piece of what they didn't really know? Well, just didn't know what happened. Um, oh, okay. Didn't process it. Didn't share with them. Um, you know, there, there, there. I trained to maintain routine and some sense of normalcy in my work life and in our church life and just kept going. So, yeah, there wasn't any epiphanies there or shifts yeah. or that I could speak to. Yeah. Is there anything you regret? Mm. You know, I wondered regret. No. No, nothing I regret. Uh, you wonder what that life would have been like. Right. You wonder why. I think, you know, looking back, it's the wrong question. Um, regret? No, but <coughs> wonder definitely. Yeah, you had hopes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think regret sometimes doesn't always. Have. I think we have a negative, negative uh, public definition of regret. Sometimes regret can be this thing where it's like regret always has to imply some kind of mistake or an unmet expectation that it shouldn't have been there in the first place. But I think sometimes um, it's all the things we wish we would have done different. Well, I guess I guess I, in my definition of regret, you say. Where there's something I should have been different, right? You just said mm -hmm. that. I don't yeah, know. What, could you what else done? could you have yeah. done? What could have you done different? Mm -hmm. It's we showed up, we went to the doctor, we weren't using drugs, we weren't smoking, we weren't drinking. I mean, I think I, I think for me, I regret ap at least after the fact, and kind of found this out later down the road. I I regret not s like sitting physically sitting with my wife more afterwards. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, why? Because I, I think in, in the end, what I had felt was there was an opportunity for me to do a simple thing that she needed. Hmm. And I used my confusion and I used my lack of awareness as an excuse to not try something that in hindsight, I look back and go, I think I said no to that more times than I than than I want to admit. Not not I didn't know, not I avoided it. Well, no, I avoided it, you know, but I think I wanted to just in the midst of brokenness, be like, I just don't have the energy or don't have the, the space for it. It'd be interesting to hear the feedback as you do these and, and more people share um, if that's common from the guy's perspective. Of yeah, that would be. Because, I, I, you know, back to the point of, of um, like parallel grieving, like it's life, it's messy, right? And, 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 you're trying to process and I was trying to, and she was trying to process and it's, um, and in, 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 in grief, it's that numbness. I said numbness. You said, uh, something else earlier about when you came over that night. Um, you said numb and raw. And yeah. I think that's, yeah. you said, I don't know if that resonates, but um, absolutely resonates. Um, 
that was my perception. But um, I think that's part. I, I think that there's such a need uh, to be in relationship with people. I know you value this highly, but I, because they can speak objectively and they can kind of like um, when I was a kid, I had this uh, Volkswagen bug, Baja bug. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, the big thing was to put a 2180 motor in in these cars mm-hmm. and 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 dual Weber carburetors. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't sync the carbs, the thing didn't run right. One side's pulling too much air. One side's. Pulling I think it's adorable that you think I know anything about what <laughs> you're talking about right now. Maybe nobody does. No, keep talking. There are but guys that are for they, sure. I'm they, in, I'm in the minority. There's this little tool that you had to see. You know, a, a, a little ball, and that they're all they're calibrated, right? Yep. They're they're working in unison That's and, a and, and a life and life's messy and yeah. different people and mm-hmm. then throw in the mix the off-speed pitch that is laced with pain. Mm. Um, what, do you, what do you do with that? And then how do you process that together? Um, so, yeah, I just wonder, you know, as you were saying that, I'm wondering if, if, if that's common where guys, you know, don't can't or don't minister to their wives well through something that they feel it's different what i, what I think I, yeah it it's a great I, I i that's why i love doing these is because it's so funny to me you're the third interview i've done officially and it's so different from the second guy and his story is so different from the first guy it's every story is so unique and every guy's experience of what they went through is so unique, but the loss in and of itself is exactly the same. Mm. And so I think there's two things going on. I think it's, I think it's one, it's just natural stuff going on with guys where they feel detached or they feel insulated or they need to insulate their wife. A lot of the guys said, you know, for the most part, every guy said in some form or another that they felt that their need was to protect their wife, which is in my mind, like you think about those war movies of two guys on the front line and one guy gets shot hardcore loses a leg and the other guy picking him up pulling him across gets shot in the back mm-hmm. and now he's crawling and dragging his friend that's the closest thing i think i can get to where it's just kind of like yep the other person is incapable of moving forward you can move forward you have more at your disposal because the pain is different mm-hmm. not 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 less or more and so but also sometimes i want to say absolutely more mm-hmm. <laughs> you know but uh so i think guys are going through that feeling uh and then, and then I think the other thing that's going on is every story is so different. Guys want to relate, but guys are so different too. And so it feels, I think guys will say like, yeah, I like that. And then a guy goes, no, not really for me. And a guy goes, oh yeah, yeah. Just clams up instead of being comfortable with the reality that like they're different and that they can support each other in those differences. They don't have to feel the same way about everything all the time, which I think is one of the reasons why we have like this, whatever you want to call it, male dominant culture, anything, anything. But like there's, there's certain ways to be a guy and it looks like this. And if you're not interested in that, then you're not as much a guy as the next guy, I guess. And I think guys chase some of that stuff. I think our culture is shifting and adjusting a little bit where that's not so much, but like, yeah, all this stuff about cars. And I'm just like, sounds so great. Those are, those are words. Those are great words, but I didn't really understand that stuff. But regardless, every guy feels the sense and the desire to protect their wife. And I don't think that's a cultural thing. I think that's a very physical, they just understand that they're dragging their friend from the front line who just got their leg blown off. Uh, and they're just having to cope with reality that they're doing that with a bullet in their back. Yeah. Yeah. Instinct. Instinct. And then, I, you know, I think we, we, we lie to ourselves and we lie to lie to. I think we lie to ourselves. We, we run these cycles in our mind or these movies in our mind or these 
things in our mind where we don't get real raw and relevant with people. Uh, we don't get transparent, whether it's I can't be bothered because they don't understand or I have to portray this image, right? Male dominant, male. Um, yeah, I don't want to. Anyways. That's um, not what this is about. <laughs> no, so it's, um, but I think guys have a hard time just dealing with reality sometimes. And um, What do you mean? Well, you know, I, I don't think we get real with things trigger us. Um, I just don't think we get real. Uh, and I think women just go to that level like zero to 100. Women, you know, they're more emotional. They're typically more intuitive. They're more in tune. More uh, flexible. They relate better. Yeah. And um, whether it's the image that we have or the upbringing we have or... Um, the fact that um, um, we're performance-based, mm -hmm. right? Uh, you know, we, we compete. Um, and if we let our guard down, we're less than. That's a, just an absolute lie. And, um, and, and I think we bought into that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we adopt that as a way to cope or a defense mechanism uh, to portray something that we're not actually um, is not actually accurate, mm -hmm. and um, it's it's counterintuitive be to, to be real, raw, and relevant mm -hmm. in our culture, mm -hmm. and it's like holy cow! You walk into that if you can have the courage, whether it's you're telling your wife something about <laughs> I can't remember we're on Facebook Live, but you you you're, you're being just brutally honest about something, not angry not um, emotional but just honest about something that you're insecure with or you share that with another man that you're less than for some reason mm -hmm. and um, that's a lie mm -hmm. and um, and so I think we tell ourselves lie we project things to project an image that we're not and um, I've struggled with that and you know I work daily if you know somebody says you don't lie then you're a liar um, it's just it's not true and so to get gut level honest you have to use discernment and know your audience and discretion so i'm not saying be foolish with it but to be honest um like gut level honest about what you think what you feel people say yes all the times the things that they don't want to do mm -hmm. um we're off track but no i don't think we're off track at all i, I i'm glad i feel like we're on a want to roll in a different ways because I, I i think this is the piece that most guys relate to because that's what I think comes with the numbness and the pause. And really, I think ultimately guys mm. freeze up long enough. They just get used to the thing that's frozen. And mm. that's what I've experienced in talking to guys about it is they, I don't, I'm tired of saying shove it down so much because I, people go, Oh, I don't shove stuff down. It's like, we all shove stuff down. I'm about to use other words. I'm getting too comfortable, but, um, we all do that. But I think for the most part, what happens is, is, um, like something goes rotten, you know, an appendage or something goes rotten, gangrene, you mm -hmm. know, and just kind of goes off and they tie it off, but then they never, they never go in to get it looked at mm -hmm. and they never amputate it. And then they find themselves dragging this, this dead leg or this dead arm around with them. Um, and they're just not really recognizing, not really noticing. And so I've noticed when I, when I brought it up with guys too, the two reactions are for the most part, ah, whatever, whatever, one big deal. Which I'm just like, I call BS. What do you mean it wasn't a big deal? Yeah. There's no way it wasn't a big deal. It's huge. Yeah. And, but then the, there's other guys, too, you bring it up with. And uh, Bailey Jack, who I interviewed um, 
the earlier this week, he, he, uh, he, he was a pastor at Solano Beach Presbyterian, and he, uh, he did a sermon talking about the miscarriage. He said when, he, when it was over, he had a line hmm. of 50 people up to talk to him, and he said half of them were guys. Hmm. And he says, that told me there's a lot of people there who don't feel heard or who no one's heard their story. And he, he said that was affirmed as he was talking to people too, but guys who either fault of their own or fault of, you know, sometimes I've, I've talked to guys too that said, my wife doesn't want me to talk about it, which I was like, if there's any women listening to this, I know how hard it can be, but if you have a guy that needs to talk about it, you have to find an outlet for him to be able to talk about it because the damage, not talking about it when you know you need to is just as damaging as talking about it when you need to not. He doesn't want, you, the, the the quote was he doesn't want her to talk about it or she doesn't want him to talk about it. I think so, the guys that I've found that are most muted, it's either they felt they, they haven't talked about it because of what you said before, cultural things like that. But I have talked to guys where the wife has said, like, I don't I don't want people to know. I don't want people to talk about it, which is I think then the guy goes like, well, crap. Well, what am I supposed to do? Because I need to talk about it. Yeah. And I've, I've seen it the other well, way around, too. So not yeah. to demonize anyone in a situation, but to mute your partner on an area where they need to grow. Yeah. I just know it gets complex, too, because some people need it to not get talked about. And that's part of their thing. But I just healing, I don't think, comes from tying a tourniquet around it, pretending like it didn't happen. That, that healing doesn't come out of that. That doesn't ha- that doesn't help, especially if you're part. If you got a partner that's pushing you to talk, they're probably. This is the time, I think, to let the slower person catch up. If or give, or give, it. you know, give give permission where there's a mutual person that could be, the per, you know, no. somebody that could. Last week, Jeremy talked about that. He's like, you, he's telling husbands, you got to be okay if it's just a few people to talk to. Yeah, you know, and he's more internal too because he said, for him, going through stuff with larger people makes it worse. He would rather go through it alone. That's what helps the most, and that's the thing I'm talking about. Like that's what I'm noticing and talking to so many guys because I thought my experience was I'm gonna talk to guys. Oh, they're all gonna feel the exact same things I did, mm-hmm. and they're all gonna feel the exact same way I do about moving forward. And the reason I want to do the podcast is not to try to rally myself around guys that all agree with me and think about it the same way I do, but it's to, it's to capture hmm. the plethora, capture the vast differences in different ways because there are guys that I've talked to that I've had no hope to offer because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. well, the way I coped and the, what I needed to do with it was not how they were ever going to grow through it. It just never was going to be that. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like, well, crap, I just, and now I just feel like there's a guy who's trapped here who doesn't, he needs to talk to a guy that does feel the way he does, that does respond to the, this mm-hmm. issue, this loss, the way that he would, so that he has somewhere to go. Because I think the biggest enemy in this whole thing is just being stagnant and just sitting in it. Because again, it just becomes that tourniquet, tying off a dead limb and just leaving it there and letting it hang. We do that with pain. Most. I think we, I, I think, it, yeah, As not guys? just this. Yeah, well, so I think people, I think people do that with pain, and I don't know if it's uh, shame. I, you know, I suspect shame, but and and then it's I think duly difficult. If that's a word, duly, it's 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 yeah, I got you. Because you guys are in this together, right? And 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 husband and wife are in this together, and if so, one's prohibiting the other from processing. Um, mm. To your point, it's um, there's ther- there there it's therapeutic to get honest, to get raw, to get vulnerable. And, you know, we're going to get gutted in, in, in life and, and it's um, and we can heal. So, yeah, I'm yeah. just echoing. No, it's good. Yeah. Um, if, if any of you are interested in listening to this one, I would go back and listen to the Billy, Billy Jack podcast interview. You talked about the dumb things people say. <laughs> <laughs> just did you have anyone say anything dumb to you? No. Have you heard anyone say anything dumb about it? 
man. So I actually, it's like a guilty pleasure. Some examples. All right. All right. Come on. No, no, no. It's, it's, they can go to the other podcast. We don't talk about it here, (laughs) but you can imagine though. I think some of the big ones, Billy Jack's big one that he hated is, you know, well, God just needed another angel. And he was like, God's not some mass murderer killing children so that he can have company. (laughs) You know, it's like, that's just not, not helpful. So anyone listening, don't say that. Um, (laughs) But yeah, there's a lot, a lot of, a lot of dumb stuff that, that, you know, people. And I think that's what people are afraid of. Like they don't know what to say and they say something stupid. Um, frequently is, you know, a sincere, a sincere ear or, you know, ability to listen and, and, and ask a question and we don't have to have answers. You know, the person that is walking, comes alongside, we don't have to have it in, in death and loss. Um, there's no answers. We're not, I mean, so yeah, his advice surprisingly enough was if you have something to say, say it, because it's always better to approach and to sit good. with good to word. be in good word even if you say the wrong thing like don't don't and I, I would i would agree i was like don't don't let your fear of saying the wrong thing hold you back from saying nothing at all because saying nothing at all says something it, uh, it makes a sure. statement it does Absolutely. make a statement and i would rather say the wrong thing and have my heart be known mm-hmm. because i don't think i've never heard anyone say oh they said that some dope some dumb thing and they're just out to get me and they've always said like ah they said that dumb thing but i, I know they meant well at least that comes across. It's better mm-hmm. to say something stupid. But mm-hmm. we talked about that in the other podcast, so we won't, we won't get too much into it here. But um, I got a couple more questions before we before we finish up. Um, let me see here. Um, yeah, we kind of talked about memorializing. Talked about talking with friends. Talked about when you guys decided to try again. Oh, these are I love these questions at the end here. So what what would you want your kids or your wife to know about you in this? And your kids are older. You know, they may listen to this, may not. But um, what would you want them to know about you in this experience of miscarriage? I, you know, I don't, I, I think anybody, this can apply to a child, right? Mm-hmm. Um, um, this can apply to a young person. Um, this could apply to anybody, really, that um, we all love I think I think most people love the person that unjustly gets struck that does not stop that does not turn bitter that continues to press in you're religious or not you move forward and I think God helps and you get to see life play out um, and, 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 and things manifest in a way that, that bless you that, that, and so, so not stopping the, 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 you know, the underdog or the resolve of a person, the strength of a person that doesn't quit. And if somebody in your own family or some, a close friend, um, gets to see you walk through the pain and I, I want to say overcome, but that's not the right word. Um, walk through, keep going, not quit, on your knees but not broken, hmm. um, I think speaks louder than anybody anything can, anything anybody can say. Because yeah. um, life is latent with that. There, there, there is stuff way worse, way worse. Maybe I shouldn't say that. But there are hard things that people walk through. Yeah. And those that don't quit... And, and, and don't get bitter, but they, um, 
you know, I think the edges come off of us through pain. And, um, and I think that speaks volumes to the, our kids and the people that know us best. What would you want, God, I hope you never have to go through this, but what would you want to do? How would you want to approach it if one of your boys were to go through this? I know there's at least one dad listening to this trying to figure out how to support his son because it never happened to him. What would you do? How would you approach that? What would be your advice to somebody with a child going through this? Breathe and encourage your son to breathe. Mm-hmm. And then take another breath. Um, hug him. You know, I, that, that's a hard question. Um, listen, make time. Yeah, everybody grieves so differently. So from a parent to a child, come alongside without advice unless asked. And um, if there was ever a time to love unconditionally. Because mm. um, in, in, in this box of miscarriage, you didn't do anything wrong. Mm. I mean, there's... There's other pain things where there could be responsibilities. But in this box, it's like, yeah, we didn't do anything wrong. And what we were hoping for didn't happen. And just being able to share pain, permission to share pain uh, from those that are hurting. Give them permission to share pain. <coughs> and, and time. So... Yeah, there's some other practical things, but if you would give two practical things, this is my because this is my last question. The question is either what would you tell yourself, or and I think for people who've got adult kids, it's I so think it comes out more powerful in what they tell them. Yeah, so I, I, you know, I'm thinking about this kid that just lost his sister. It's different, right? He wasn't involved in in um, like what I'm sharing with him now, and this is like today, mm-hmm. like this happened last Friday of um you know he he started apologizing for crying you know and I'm wind up I, I'm hugging this kid and just let him talk right he you know so all these questions all this stuff's flowing through your head and um I think I think just presence mm-hmm. presence and permission mm-hmm. um and if there's, you know, in, in grief, um, there's people that are skilled in, in, in um, counseling. Counseling's a practical one. Mm-hmm. But from a parent, from a sibling, from a husband to a wife, a, a wife to a husband, is permission to process their pain in at the speed that they, at, the, at their speed. So powerful yeah something billy jack said last episode was um his advice to people was never underestimate the power of presence and i like that you added a little bit there that i think is really important is presence and then permission let's let's finish with that what does it look like to give somebody permission 
Well, from <coughs> from a miscarriage is different. So in miscarriage, if you're the father to the son or daughter, um, you know, how do you feel? Like, you know, like, like a direct, what are you feeling? Like, as direct and we don't need to have the answers. We, 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 if, if anything, I want to encourage you or stoke your ability to verbalize what the heck's going on in your head mm -hmm. and the pain that you feel. Mm -hmm. Come what may. Mm -hmm. Come what anger, tears, sorrow, D, all the above. And um, lean in, don't avoid. Mm. And um, yeah, just... It's like this picture, Just I have this picture in my mind of just wrapping your arms around them hmm. and hugging them. Sometimes that's enough, but. Sometimes it needs to be. Yep. So anyways, that was heavy. It's good, though. It's good, though. Thanks for taking the time. And, and doing this, I really appreciate you being willing to share a story. I know it's a, I know it's a long ways back, but like I said, every guy, and I've talked to a lot of guys, especially in preparation to doing this podcast, and I've been really vocal about the miscarriage, and I think God's blessed me with, with a conviction to do that, not necessarily mm -hmm. the strength, because I sure as hell don't feel strong about it at all. <laughs> um, and it, the uniqueness of every story, um, I learn something new every time that is significant for my own growth and healing. And then uh, I told you like some of the some of the stories that have already come out of sharing these things and, and people reaching out who, who needed an outlet to reach out. I think sometimes I think that's what this is. Yeah. I think this is giving in, in a world of social media an opportunity to reach out with a longer arm than you've ever been able to. You can reach around the world with a podcast, you know, but to reach out. I feel like that's what this is, is giving guys permission to feel it or to talk about it or to just listen if that's all they need to do. So that's that's what's blessed me the most of all that immensely you used the word tourniquet earlier and I, I and i had this this picture in my mind of of you know underneath a callus mm -hmm. and just the layers that have just covered 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 and but there's still something in there that some un, un, unrealized sometimes uh and, and, and until and and it's like to me this is a door where there's just a a, a, a crack right a, a a picture of just pulling up the edge and, and um, realizing that, that uh, what's buried under there, yeah, it's good to let it come out. It's good. So I'm, I love that you're doing it. Thank you for having me yeah, and uh, sharing. And you always have great questions, and I appreciate the time. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, thank you, brother. Love you. Love you too. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for checking in on this. Uh, this will be posted on the YouTube page. You can just search me at Tobias Hagland, and then this will also get po posted on Anchor, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere you guys listen to podcasts. This, is, this will be available soon. Feel free to share this, especially with anybody in your life that you know is going through miscarriage or know somebody that's going through miscarriage. Um, one of the reasons why we created this podcast was because when I was going through this podcast is one of the ways that I learn and relate and grow. And mm -hmm. when I went and looked, there was no more than – 15 podcasts that I could find actively talking about it, at least on Apple Podcasts. Um, 
And then as I listened to them, it wasn't a lot of just guys talking to guys. And I mm. just, that was the biggest part of my healing journey was being able to talk to other men who have gone through it. So that's what this is and that's what we're doing it for. So uh, also if you get a hold of this and you're a guy and you've gone through it and you want to connect, talk, I have some resources I'd love to connect you with. Or if you want to do an interview, let me know. Thanks again, Chris. You bet, Tobias. All right. See you, everybody. Good night. Miscarriage podcast this episode with chris george uh, if we can do anything for you be support to you pray for you be a friend please reach out let us know uh, and also if you're somebody who's gone through this and you'd like to go through an interview or just connect with someone to chat just reach out that's what we're here for and we hope that this has been a gift to you see you next time